0: I'm Michelle Sims, and this is The Beauty in the Mess, a community where people who crave a shift in mindset, personal growth, and connection to like-minded people come together to start rewriting their stories. Through engaging, honest, and insightful conversations, the show will help you embrace the mess to recognize the meanings and the lessons it holds and discover its hidden treasures to help you start making a mindset shift. Let's listen, learn, and reclaim who we were meant to be. Hi friend, welcome to episode 8 of The Beauty in the Mess, called The Art of Parenting Adult Children with Lori Badry. I'm Michelle, your host. My special guest today, Lori, is a Christian woman with a wonderful husband, three adult children, and three of the cutest grandchildren. Education was her career of choice for 34 years, but she is now retired with a side gig that she absolutely loves, and it brings her a lot of joy. In my conversation with Lori today, we will be discussing her own personal journey of how she has learned to transition her parenting techniques and even her role as a parent due to her children now being adults. And without further ado, let's dive right into today's conversation. Hi Lori, thank you so much for joining us today on The Beauty and the Mess. I'm truly honored that you decided to join us today and share your story. I know you have a unique topic to discuss with us today, so I'm kind of excited about it, and it's parenting adult children. And I love this because I I think you have so much wisdom to share that many of us, myself included, really need. (laughs) So if you're ready, we'll dive right in. I wanted to see if you're willing to share some of the general story that as far as what triggered your transition from, you know, just parenting children to parenting adult children, if you want to.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me it's really my honor. I, I feel honored that, that you have asked. I don't really feel like I have a lot of wisdom. What wisdom I do have certainly has happened in a fairly short period of time. And it was a bit forced if you will. So I feel good about where I'm at right now, but certainly don't we all have a lot to learn? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel like I do. So you want me to tell a little bit about my story, right? About why I'm where I am today. So I won't share a whole lot about it because really, I think probably the important part is uh, more about my path. Once I figured out I needed to rearrange some things in my personal life, and I really feel like that's where it would be most beneficial, but about, oh gosh, a little over three years ago, actually. I made a poor choice, actually. And uh, that poor choice was to send a text message to one of my children that at the time was really based totally on emotion. And I don't know about you all, but a lot of times I used to really knee-jerk react when I had a lot of emotions about things. Now I have an older daughter who has a different father than my other two children. And so we have a different dynamic in our family. It's a good one, but this text message that I sent was just in response to a situation that really didn't even need to have any emotion toward it. It was how I perceived it. And at that moment is what I call the perfect storm. At that moment, I think in her life, she was experiencing some things that she was struggling with, not necessarily all to do with me, but just experiencing some situations that were hard for her. And my other two children, one had just gotten off to college. And I mean, it was just all this swirling. Everybody was kind of in a spot that was a little unknown And I fire off this text message. It wasn't bad, but it was based on emotion. And that created a dishevelment in the relationship between my children and I in such a manner that we didn't speak for a while. Now, the longer that I have been in this situation, the more I understand that that's not all that uncommon. And at the time... I felt like I was probably the only one on the face of the earth that was having that situation. And it was very debilitating to me because I want to be that mother that will always make memories and that the children want to be around me. We've always had a lot of awesome memories and traditions, if you will, growing up. So it was very hard for me to understand that I had done something that caused this you know, helped initiate this perfect storm. And I didn't know what to do about it. It created a situation where they didn't speak to me for a while. And that was very difficult for me. I'm a mother and I was a teacher who had just retired and I had taught for 34 years. And I don't know about you all, but uh, mothers are micromanagers by their own right. (laughs) But when you're a mother and you're a teacher, you're a serious micromanager. And I always want to be on top of what my children are doing. And I want to help them and I want to, you know, help make decisions for them. And at that very defining moment, I was not that person. And it was very earth shattering to me. I spent a lot of time laying on the bed. I spent a lot of time crying, spent a lot of time, I think, probably feeling sorry for myself and going through all these different emotions. But just to look back right now, we're all glad that it happened. And let me tell you why. Hmm. We're still on that mending cycle in some instances. But what it made me realize was I didn't like that my children had grown up and moved out and were doing well on their own without their mama telling them what to do, right? They didn't need me to be their cheerleader exactly. Or, you know, they were just in that spot where they were young adult children and they wanted to do their own thing. And, and I think I was doing a lot of micromanaging and I think I was helicoptering. Have you ever heard that term, the helicopter mom? Yeah. And so one of the first things that I did, I, I, prayed a lot. Isn't that what we all do when we experience something that seems devastating to us? The first thing we do is go straight to prayer, which is what we should do all the time. But I did. And I very plainly, one day when I was laying on the bed, I will never forget it. I was always one of those people that wanted God to give me one of those neon flashing lights that had all the answers for me. And honestly, this is what he did for me he just uh, sent me the words in my head when I was laying on my bed with my eyes shut, be still. And I know that sounds like, oh yeah, everybody says that, but it really was. I saw those words in my head and I thought at that time, okay, so I need to stop trying to communicate with them. I need to stop trying to think that this is everybody else's fault. And I need to look inward and I need to see what it is that I need to do for myself. And So I got a book. My very first book was by Elizabeth Elliot. And I wish I would have written down the title. I love Elizabeth Elliot. If you've never read her books, you should. I haven't. And it's Elizabeth, E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H, Elliot. But I started a lot of personal development. And the personal development were books that I chose that would be helpful to me as an empty nest mom. And then I enlisted a therapist. And I'm not ashamed of that. I've had a therapist before, but this therapist, gosh, she's a friend of mine now. I just, I don't even remember. Don't even remember. You know, God had to send me to her in all honesty, because I don't remember how I got her name, but she's a Christian therapist. And I went to her and of course, you know, I'm very tearful and I'm talking to her and telling her all about all this, this terrible situation. And she talked to me for a bit. And then she said, Lori, you're really not all that important. And I remember feeling really frustrated that she said to me, you're really not that important.
0: What did you think she meant at the time?
1: I didn't know because I was angry because I wanted to be important in the lives of my children. And for her to tell me that I was like, "Like, what is that? you know?" And so I went home and I, I was angry pretty much all week. And I came back and, and the next week she said, are you still mad at me? <laughs> I said, yeah, I am. And she said, I want to tell you what I mean. I wanted you to think about it this week. She said, what is going on in your children's life isn't always directed at you. She said, I want you to understand that oftentimes in life, situations that happen to you aren't always a direct result of something that you do. She said, there are things that you are doing, but in their lives, they're experiencing other things as well. And you have to understand that. And you have to be tolerable of that and you have to be patient. And so she said, we're not only going to look at you, but we're also going to realize that you just can't take everything personally. And so that made sense to me. And so I said, okay, I'm not mad at you anymore. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) But she began to help me understand, first of all, that I needed to look backward in my own life growing up and that often we act and react and deal with our emotions much the way we were taught. And she asked me a lot about my my parents. And I was acting a lot like my father, whom I love, but he was very difficult. And so she made me realize that my past was really predicting how my future was going to be with my kids, you know, as I was a parent. And so she wanted to help me reroute that. My dad was very much a micromanager. And then you add that I'm a mom and a teacher. And it was just it was very difficult.
0: Do you think some of that micromanaging your children was just the need to be needed?
1: Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure that as your children leave, you still want to be needed. So I'm I'm sure you're absolutely correct because when you have all these kids around and you're the team mom and you're the this and you're the that and you do all these things and you have holidays and everybody's there and and then it's not there anymore. I think that's absolutely right. You still, you want that. And so, yeah, the need to be needed, but also I think that can backfire with you. So like the more I would want to be needed, the more there was a little pushback, if you will, because I was needing that too much.
0: And they're needing their independence at the same time. So it's,
1: and of course, you know, I I think I disguise that as I don't want them to make the same mistakes as I did or, you know, I could have come up with all the rationalizations in the world, but the bottom line is, first of all, my oldest daughter, who who has a different father, you know, she's got a whole nother dynamic, and it's not all about me. That was the other thing that my therapist told me. She said, "Lori, it's not always all about you," <laughs> and that's okay. Right. And so she taught me how to just redirect that and know that i need to stay in my own lane. and so i still say that to myself all the time in my head when my kids are talking to me. is that my lane or is that not my lane? and it's a very difficult thing. i've been doing this for 3 years now and still i have to remind myself that oh yeah, that's probably not my lane. but gradually the kids begin to notice that i was really working on things. i just kind of broke communication with them. i just let them be. and gradually they started coming back around and they would say things to me like, thank you for giving me that space. And, but it was kind of a tippy toe at first. It was kind of a, you know, they talk for a little bit and, and then not for a while. And I was so excited just to get a little bit of that, that it was fine. But I began to also at that same time, we were graced enough to have a prophet come into our lives. And this may sound, I don't really know how, I'm really not ashamed of this either, but I never really knew the difference between religion and kingdom. And I have been a Christian my entire life and I never knew the difference. And when I became a person who spent a lot of time with the Holy Spirit and I spent a lot of time with that relationship and communication with the Holy Spirit, That completely turned my life around. Also, it wasn't that I was in charge of helping my kids make their decisions, but I was very prayerful about, gosh, all the decisions that I make. It sounds crazy.
0: I don't think it does.
1: But even the littlest decisions, you know, or the littlest things, anybody that drives beside me probably thinks I'm crazy because I'm always talking, but I'm, I'm always just talking to the Holy Spirit. And so between my therapist and between my personal growth and learning to have communication with the Holy Spirit and growing closer with my husband, all of those things started pointing me in a direction that was more positive for my entire family. And the more I began to see that, the more I, I felt bad because for such a long time, I was probably putting them in a position that wasn't exactly comfortable for them all the time. I mean, nothing bad, but just, you know, I could have been different all this time, but because I got into that forced situation where there was a perfect storm, it pushed me into that path where I was bettering myself. I wish I could have done that a long time ago. (laughs)
0: So for people that want to avoid that perfect storm, but still have the same results you've had, what do you think the number one thing to do is?
1: Oh, personal development for sure. I am always reading positive, uplifting Christian material, and it doesn't have to be just about parenting, but just how to be a better self. You know, I quit doing that. I don't know. I just, I don't even know why. But when I started, like I started with the Elizabeth Elliot books and then I read a book about the Holy Spirit and what's the one? Oh, oh, I'm reading um, Dutch sheets right now, authority and prayer. I think just finding personal development material that will help you grow as an individual person. I think that helps people find their purpose and, and their place. You know what I'm saying? So that would be the number one thing that I would say to always be open to knowing that we can learn every day, all day, that we're not by any means done growing. And I'm still not. So always finding personal development things to read or, or podcasts. Everybody's into podcasts. <laughs> who knew? My son will say, hey, do you ever listen to such and such podcast? No, I don't do those. I don't know. So I've been trying. But the second thing is there are so many parents who are the empty nester parents who are really struggling I mean, find a therapist to help you work through it. I don't know why that's such a bad, you get a bad rap. Oh, you're seeing a therapist. I,
0: I don't feel that way, but I know some people do.
1: Yeah. I say it out loud now. Help is hope. I mean. I'm all about it. I don't feel soft. I don't feel weak. I don't feel inferior. I actually, I feel more powerful because she has certainly helped me feel that way
0: that's kind of somebody in your corner, right? That's there to back you up. I mean, not not against somebody, but just to help strengthen.
1: Well, yes, but I'll tell you in the, the difference in therapists is amazing too. I know I've had a lot of friends say, Well, I had a therapist, I really didn't like her. Well, why didn't you like her? Uh, my therapist tells me like it is, and then we talk about it. You have to be willing to accept that, if you will. You have to be willing to know that you're not always right, and you have to be willing. To listen and grow now, have I had therapists that didn 't work for me? Yes, I have, like I said, I feel like this was just a, a god directed thing, so personal development, finding a therapist, certainly prayer that should probably be number one prayer before anything, and that 's just been so helpful for me. My husband and I have grown as a couple. I think when we 're parents now and I know there's a lot of single parents, I was a single parent for a while, but I think a lot of couples that you know still have the family nucleus, you get in that situation where kids are going this way and this way, and you've got a full-time job here, and the other one has a full-time job here, and you're coming and going, and you don't have time to spend together. And then when you do, you're like, who is that? <laughs> and you don't know how to communicate. So Greg and I started this goofy thing called Talk About It Saturdays when we were really struggling with all of this. And so we were like, okay, let's talk about feelings and emotions on Saturday with our coffee. And we learned a lot about each other with that, but that was after personal development and prayer and and all those other things. And hey, guess what? Now we have fun together.
0: (laughs) So is he kind of on the same path? Was he doing the prayer and the personal development as well? Or was that mostly your journey or?
1: So um, he's a little bit behind. I don't want to say behind in a bad way, but he's a few steps behind, but actually he had to just be my emotional support for a while. So um, he gets a lot of points for that because <laughs> I literally would just, I was just paralyzed for a while
0: I'm oh, sure. and,
1: um, and I am a, an extremely strong, strong-willed individual. So that was difficult for him to see that. So, you know, that is just another thing is to reconnect with, with your spouse, you know, because. Isn't that what we want to do? We want to raise our children to be independent, to go out on their own. But then when they do, we're like, nope, we don't want that.
0: <laughs> I, I think we all tell ourselves a lot of what you were just saying that we're, and, and I, you know, I still believe it, that you're trying to stop them from making mistakes or you don't want to see them struggle. But the truth is, the more I watch my adult children, the more I know They have to struggle on their own. They have to figure it because they never listen to me anyway. (laughs) It's going to happen anyway. So, but trying to to stop even offering that is hard.
1: Well, this is what I say, and this would be something I would recommend as well. I always say because they're all talking to me now, which I love, and I think we all just needed time out. It wasn't that there was no hatred. There was no. We just all needed a time out. But if they call me now and they're Railing about something, or there's an issue they're having, or I think it might be an issue. I let them speak, and then I say, Now, is this something that you just needed a sounding board for? Or do you want my opinion? Or do you want any thoughts when those things have happened to me? And honest, they will say to me, No, I just needed somebody to talk to. Or they'll say, um, No, well, what did you do? We've all learned that we do have an open line of communication. Now they know that when they talk to me and I say that, I really mean it, that I'm not going to get butt hurt. If you will get what I'm sorry. It's called butt hurt. Uh, (laughs) like I get my feelings hurt too easily. They know that that's not the way it is anymore. And I probably shouldn't have said that B word on here. Sorry. (laughs) But, um,
0: oh no, you're fine. I just, I never heard that before.
1: You know, I, they will be very honest with me and they will be, um, one of my daughters said to me, um, mom, okay. You're really frustrating me right now. I'm going to hang up. I'll call you in a little bit. Now that used to really make me either frustrated or sad or, and now I just hang up and I go, aunt. Well, she'll call in a little bit and it will be okay. And she does. And she'll call and she'll say, I'm sorry, that's just really overwhelming me. And I just had to go think about it. for. And they feel like they have that safe space to do that now. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I don't react and that I can help them in that way. So asking really, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of parents, if they're listening to this, they're they're going to go, uh, no, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm going to give my opinion. Some kids might be open to that, but when you have very independent children that don't really necessarily want your help in the first place exactly yet, asking, it empowers them a little bit. It really does because it's their choice if they want your help or not. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, and that's worked very well for me. And you know what? If it's not my lane and I don't have to worry about it, good for me because then I don't have to you know, think, oh, how can I help this? How can I, how can I problem solve this? No, I just let it go. And that's amazing
0: to hear you self-describe as a very emotional reactor in the beginning. I, it just amazes me that how you can separate it now,
1: you know, it is crazy. Uh, It really is, but that's three years. So are there times when I um, still fall off the wagon? Absolutely. But I just think it's being prayerful and just knowing that we're all going to have problems we're all going to get upset, we're, and it's all going to come around because you know you have a good foundation, and eventually it's all going to just kind of come out in the wash. And I don't always need to be the fixer, and because I've tried it and it's been successful, um, I'm like, "Woo, okay, I don't have to worry about that one." But it does work, you know, it does.
0: Right. And sometimes, whether we like it or not, our kids need to struggle a little bit so that they grow. As humans, you know.
1: I have a friend that we kind of we laugh about this. I'll say, I'm going to see my therapist today. She'll say, Oh, oh, okay. Can you ask her about (laughs) da-da-da-da-da-da-da? And so I'll tell her, hey, listen, I'm piggybacking my friend today. And so it's like you still have a tendency to want to problem solve in your head. You know, my daughter calls and says, I had to pick up a couple of extra shifts because they raised our rent. And she's not telling me that because she wants money. She's just conversational. And I'm already in my head thinking, oh, yeah, I think we're going to have some extra money. So we could just sit. I it's in my head. I want to problem solve. And I'm like, nope. Right. She'll figure it out. And they do. It's great.
0: And like I do the same thing, but how do you do that without feeling guilty that you're not offering that solution?
1: First of all, you have to pat yourself on the back to say you did a pretty phenomenal job as a parent as your children were growing up, right? And you gave them that foundation. And if there are those who are listening that didn't and that that was a hardship, you know, you'll get there. But I feel like that we did a really good job with that foundation. Of course, if I could do a lot of things over, I would, but we were there with the financial means and the opportunities when they were younger. Right. And hopefully we taught them how to have those problem solving skills so that when they do that as an adult and it works and they're like, Oh my gosh, I just did that. And, and then you don't have to feel guilty. You can go, wow, you know, we did that and you have to let it go and do it and know that it's going to turn out okay. Right. You know, you just do. You have to trust yourself.
0: I think it's hard just because, like you said, we kind of define ourselves as the fixers. You know, we're going to fix it. We're going to make it better. We don't want them to struggle. And so to step back and say, you know, you're going to figure this out. It's hard for both the parent and the child, probably at first.
1: I sometimes, you know, I'll just listen and not even respond, and that felt really weird at first. Cause I'm always wanting to tell what I think, you know? Yeah. I did that. I went through that or, and so right now, you know, I'm just, I just listen or, you know, you got this, it'll be all right. You know what? And, and then that, it really does empower them. Now have they ever come to me and said, Hey, could you help us? Yeah. And do we, if they really need it, we do, Yeah. you know, once in a while we'll say, um, Hey, you know what? I just got to notice that your contacts need reordered. Um, do you mind if we reorder them? That's also a permission. It's not us just saying, we'll buy that for you. And they go, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. You know, I really appreciate that. It just puts it all in a different perspective. We ask, they give us permission. Therefore, they don't feel like they owe us anything because we've done that for them. It's a gift that we're giving them. Right? Because kids are funny. You know, they just are, whether you think they think it or not, when you do things for them, I think they think there might be an expectation, you know, in return, that's my personal feeling, but
0: that they think you want them to do something for you.
1: Yeah. So mom and dad bought that for us and I need to make sure that I'm available. If they do, you know what I'm saying? It sounds really screwy, but I think it works better if you don't have those expectations, because then it happens naturally. that's crazy. I
0: don't know. No, not at all. So, you know, you talked about strengthening your relationship with your husband. What does that kind of look like now? I mean, you said build a life for the two of you with or without the children, right? So like if you and your husband are going somewhere, do you feel like you have to invite the kids or do you just go and they say, Hey, why didn't you let us know? (laughs) Or,
1: you know, our kids are in a spot right now where, well, our oldest daughter has, She has a family of her own. She has a five-year-old and a four-year-old daughter, and they're trying to make their own memories, if you will. Her parents are divorced and his parents are divorced. There's this whole thing that they have to work around all the time. So I think they're trying to make their own memories and do their own thing a lot. We all get included in different areas. Our middle son just got married. So, you know, they're off doing their own just married thing. So they, they don't, you know. It's okay if they don't see us for a while, I'm sure. (laughs) Our youngest daughter, you know, she lives in Key West. Oh, wow. FaceTime is just a gift, but we just do our own thing. We plan trips down to Key West. Oh, yes. And we will call and say, hey, would you and the girls like to go to the circus or would you like to do this or that? And she'll either say, well, hey, can the girls just go or, you know, we've just developed this relationship where sometimes we do things on our own. Sometimes we, we don't, but it feels really good. It really does. We have a lot of fun together. That's awesome. I'm sure I get on his nerves. I'm sure I do. <laughs> he just retired. Sounds like he's having fun too, from your conversation. He is, you know, somebody said to me, well, so what do you think about him being home all the time? I said, well, I can't wait. And they were like, yeah. And I said, no, really, I can't. And they said, well, just give that a few weeks. Now, I'm not saying that we haven't had to have some adjustments because it is, it's a big, we live in a tiny home, but it's all your perspective really kind of life just boils down to your perspective on things. And we just talk about it. Sometimes we still have talk about it Saturdays, (laughs) but we've just learned how to, just get up and go and move and do things together and have fun. And we've learned how to communicate instead of argue. See, I used to be a yeller. My kids didn't like that. And uh, I don't even know why that came about because I don't even think about raising my voice anymore. I don't, you don't have the urge at all
0: to <laughs> like, if they emotionally trigger you, you don't Nope.
1: It's weird. That's wild. Cause That's wild. I used to be a yeller. I mean, we can joke about it now because it's been three years, but my husband used to shut the windows when I'd get mad (laughs) because we lived really close to the next door neighbors. And I don't know, there's a meme about, no, actually there's a reel on Instagram about that now. It's summertime. And if you hear me yelling, it's because I've asked the children 12 times to do something and they're not listening to me. (laughs) I don't have the urge to do that anymore. That's amazing in itself. Anyway, it's not that I don't mess up or that I don't cry or that I that I don't miss having the kids around all the time because I sure do. I would love it when my son got married, everybody was in this house and I sat back in the corner and watched it all and my heart was full. I miss all of that, but if you pine away for it and you try to force it to happen and you're your attitude reflects that, your emotions reflect that, then you're just going to do this. Push back. And that's what the kids are going to do. And I don't want them to feel that way. I want them to know that whenever they call me, I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm not going to offer an opinion. I'm just going to be there. It's kind of like when they say your kids change from your kids to your friends. Right. I thought that was hokey, but I think there is some truth to that.
0: That's wonderful, really. Yeah. And I can see it with my own, the older kids are becoming more friends and, you know, just learning from you. I've, I've tried to (laughs) step back a little bit and, you know, they need their own space. They got to grow.
1: I will tell you what we have learned. I laugh about it now, but now that they know I'm not going to throw a fit, they tell me these things that they've done in their lives that I had no idea. I must have been living with blinders on or something. And I was like, oh, You did not. <laughs> You're like, Yeah, we did. You know, so we have fun with that now, too. <laughs> That's wonderful, though,
0: that you can listen to it and just let it roll. So to speak. it is. It is. So as we kind of wrap up today, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't or anything else that you want to share with our listeners?
1: If there'd be any way that I could ever help anybody, it would be to not let your emotions be the decisive factor in the decisions that you make and that we want our children to grow up and be independent. And then we shouldn't be upset when they do. Right. And that if you're prayerful and if you're constantly thinking that I do have room for improvement and you just want to take that high road and you want to be positive and you engage in professional development for yourself, personal development, and that you don't take everything personally, like you're not that important (laughs) because it's true.
0: It is true, but that's another tough one, I think, Mm -hmm. not to take it personally.
1: (laughs) And so those things I'll still bounce off on, Greg. But I think if you can learn, to just ride that wave when it happens that everybody will benefit from that and and the other thing that I would say as a christian mother I want the kids now the way I am now, I want them to see how I just come to the table. I don't want them to see that I'm busy out micromanaging and wanting to be in control of this or that. I want them to see me sitting at the table and loving what they have to say to me, whether it's hard or soft or funny or sad, or I want them to remember me for that rather than for the other way that I was and that we all need to be open to that. So I hope anybody that's listening to this would know that your kids are going to go through all these ranges of emotions and you just need to be that person that they love you. Sometimes they just love like a porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. They just shoot quills at you and <laughs> you just can't, you just can't think about it that way.
0: And I think some of that is trying to define their own independence. Sometimes they think they have to push you away to prove that they're independent.
1: Something that I thought about the other day too is, so I find myself thinking, why are they always, not always, but in a situation, why are they always mad at me? Why do they get mad at me? don't get mad at anybody else. Why do they get mad at me? Why is it always me? And this is really what I think it is. I am a safe space because I will love my children unconditionally, no matter what, no matter how they treat me.
0: And they know that.
1: And they know that. And maybe they just... Need to kick the cat. I don't know. And does that make it right? Probably not. I probably did it to my parents, but you know, yeah, don't take it personally. Well, I think that's
0: beautiful, actually. So to me, you seem like such an open, loving person that it's hard to imagine you any other way. So everything you're doing is culminated into a wonderful result for sure. Thank you. I feel much more peaceful. And I'm not all just tight. And I think that comes across. Yeah. I mean, you get the peaceful, you know, just glowing, really. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Well, everybody can accomplish that. And you know, I would also say if anybody would want to talk to me personally, I'd be happy to do that. I really would. It wouldn't bother me at all. So if there's anybody that's listening that would want to know more about what I read or or how I've gone about things, I would be more than happy to to share that because. I don't want my children to be 58 years old and have a perfect storm and have to work through it like that. I would want them to be brand new parents and to be able to live life a little bit more peacefully. That's what I would love. That's awesome.
0: So how can people connect to you if they want to? Do you want to share
1: that? You you know what? Yes. Uh, I mean, can I share it out loud or?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then I'll also put it in the show notes for them.
1: Oh, perfect. I have a really hard um, email. It's Badry at gmail.com. So (laughs) I do that for myself. L-O-R-I-B-A-D-R-Y, Badry at gmail. And I will always answer. I'm on Facebook too. And, um... I will always take a message on Facebook. I feel like we need to do that for each other, shouldn't we? I just feel like if we have a way to reach out and just help one another through the situations that we've been through, isn't that what God's purpose probably is for us, you know?
0: Absolutely. And I think the world needs that more than ever today.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. But yeah, anytime.
0: Well, thank you very much. Thank you for being so open and sharing your story with us. And like I said, it's a joy to talk to you. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye for now.
0: As we wrap up today's episode, I hope Lori sharing her story helped you in some way. One of the biggest takeaways for me was about learning when to interject your thoughts or opinions into your adult children's lives and how much you should interject. Part of that was also learning to ask your children if they want your advice or if they're just venting. After all, once they become adults, all you can really do is give suggestions into their lives. Lori's email and Facebook link will be in the show notes, and as always, I hope this episode helps at least one person. With that, I hope you have a blessed week, my friend. Thank you for listening to The Beauty and the Mess. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas you would like to hear about, or you think you would be a great guest on the show, you can reach me directly at thebeautyandthemess.com. Thanks for listening.